0: Welcome to the Pell Wellness Hub podcast. I'm Martin Hamilton, your host. And today I am having the pleasure of speaking with Rachel Martins for Rachel Martins Coaching. Rachel is a native of Western Massachusetts. She's worked with immigrant populations as an advocate and teacher for nearly 15 years and enrolled a master's degree in education. Through her teaching and guiding of diverse populations, her journey raising three daughters and her personal spiritual path, she developed a unique, of skills that allow her to easily create community and support others as they seek solutions in their lives on the path to intentionally creating a life of joy, fulfillment, and ease. She is specializing in parenting. So today we get to talk about moving from the struggle of parenting to finding joy and connection. And as a mother of twins myself, I am very excited to get to talk to you, Rachel, today and just try to learn as much as I can from your expertise so welcome Rachel hi it's so good to be here yes I'm very excited that we get to talk and connect for those listening we this is like round 3 of trying to record (laughs) (laughs) we're having technical issues so I'm very excited that we get to talk about about all of these I guess challenges in parenting and how we can move into a space of joy and connection but before we dive into that I'm curious why do you do the wellness
1: work that you do I started coaching. Actually, I was, you know, a young mom of three young kids, and I was it felt like, I was sort of floundering in sort of my adulthood and my parenting, and it was not what I thought it was going to be. I was always busy. I was often not happy, and I was really struggling to find a way. Well, that worked. And I sort of stumbled upon some ideas which are now, you know, come in place to me, but at the time were really mind blowing like your thoughts create your reality. And that we carry with us like these stories from our past that are not really serving us and that are outdated and not true. And as I started down that rabbit hole of self-help and uh, self-discovery, I found life coaching and I began working with a life coach. And it was just absolutely life changing for me. And I fell in love with it and realized that it was a path that I wanted to take to do work with others on because it really has the capacity to change lives in some really amazing ways. Wow. How incredible and also inspirational. And I
0: think there's nothing like having lived through an experience to really being able to speak to being an expert, you know, along with your training, education, and clearly, you know, you've, you've enhanced your experience through those things. But that's very encouraging to have someone offer their guidance from a really educated, trained way, but that also can relate one hundred percent. That understands the struggle firsthand. Totally, yes. So I'm curious, you know, now that you're working with with clients, what are some of the most common challenges that you think parents face in today's world,
1: and how can we overcome them? So. Parenting is such a hard job. You know, we we come to parenting and we want to be amazing parents and we want to have these amazing relationships with our children. And yet we have no idea what we're doing. It's like landing in a foreign land with no guidebook and just our like instincts to try and figure out how to get through it. And sometimes we get these children who are really like quote unquote easy children mm-hmm. and, and it feels easier, right? And sometimes most often our children are their own people. You know, they come with their own set of ideas about how they want to mm-hmm. move through the world. And I think that a lot of the conflict and, and trouble that we find ourselves in as parents in the day to day comes from this sort of meeting up against, uh, you know, who they are, meeting up against who we are and what they want to do, meeting up against how we want to maybe look in the world, how we want our kids to look in the world, how we want them to behave, how we want to be perceived, how we were raised. You know, there's like so much in the soup there. And so, you know, some of the struggles are that, my kids don't listen to me, right? My kids are not following the rules. My kids are not doing what I'm asking them to do. My kids are throwing temper tantrums in Target and it's so embarrassing. You know, and as children move from, you know, toddlers to school-age children to teenagers, it really, the struggles, they morph and they change. And, and sometimes we sort of can get I had a, one of them, and then we're like, shoot, what happened? Everything has changed. And now I don't also know what's, what to do or what's going on. And really, I have found that the answer to all of these questions and struggles is in connection, right? When we can take the time to find connection with our children and to prioritize that connection and the empathy and the communication and the listening and the validation. That is where we then can ask our kids to do things and they'll do them because we have done the groundwork of creating that connection and having them really understand that we are a safe place where they can come to and express their fears and their desires and their frustrations and all of it without worrying that we're going to try and change them or fix them that we are here for them. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like when you
0: say connection, I imagine so many things, so many possibilities. What are some of the ways, the magic secret, if you will, to kind of facilitating connection with our
1: kids? So the number one thing is listening, right? I think that probably every parent out there can relate to this situation where your child comes to you with a problem or a mistake or something that they're trying to figure out. And instead of listening, we jump right into fixing, right? Like my daughter comes home from school and she says... I had a fight with my friend at school today and all of a sudden my head starts going like, oh, let me tell her how she can talk to her friend. Let me tell her who she can go to to help her. Let me tell her why it's important. Let me tell her what she did that's wrong. And I don't even take the time to say, wow, that sounds hard. Tell me about it. Right. And when our children understand that they can come to us and have this safe space where we will listen to them, then they start to believe in this genuine connection. They say, I know that I can go to mom or dad and that I can tell them my story and that they are going to listen to me. They are going to hold space for me. They are going to be a safe place where I can try out all of these emotions. And that is really the foundation of connection is in the listening
0: yeah, that is what you bring up is such a good point. Because I think we we do go into problem-solving mode and it just sounds like really inviting the opportunity, not for us to tell them, but to have them tell us. It sounds like just inviting over and over and over again until I, I love what you said, that your child will know and trust in the connection and probably like jump to the connection and jump to sharing before we even have to invite. I'm imagining it would be something like that.
1: Yeah, well that's the thing is that we want we want our kids to be able to, you know, do what we want them to do. We want them to make good decisions. They want we want them to follow our our ideas and our recommendations, but until they know that this is a place where they're going to be able to express their ideas safely and have that connection with us they're not going to really want to listen to what we have to say. And especially as we start talking about teenagers, right? Like in tweets, um, I don't know. We didn't get to talk about how old your kids are. How old are they? They're eight. They're eight uh, years how old. old. How old are your your daughters. I have a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old and a, a 15-year-old. Oh wow. So yeah. We are really moving into and and part of the reason that I love doing this work is because it took me until my oldest daughter was about 12 to really understand the error of my ways. You know, I thought that the problem was her behavior and really the problem was was the way that I was trying to connect with her. And I like one of my sincerest desires, if I could put that, you know, in reverse, is that I would have figured this out when she was younger and that I wouldn't have sort of wasted so many years trying to get to that place. And so I like love the opportunity to now to work with parents earlier on so they get to come to these solutions sooner. Yeah, that's, I'm sure it brings so
0: much meaning into your everyday work that you get to live it and, and how awesome for your, I'm just imagining how awesome for your daughters to see that, to experience the shift and to see the effort, and and for their own parenting. Because what, like you mentioned, if they choose to be parents one day, right? So often we're thrown into parenting and it's based on like intuition in many ways. And there are strategies that we don't learn in school that, I mean, we can read all the books, but it's nice to have human connection, you know, as you bring up connection to go to a coach who can provide those strategies, those tools. You're mentioning teens and tweens, those ages. What are, how, how would you approach discipline in terms of without, you know, resorting to being
1: harsh or kind of using punishment? How do you approach that? So really, it all still comes back to the connection because if you can think back on being a teen, discipline doesn't really work. Punishment doesn't really work because teens are going to find a way to do what they want to do regardless, right? So my focus in what I teach my clients is always on connection over correction, right? And the way that I approach it with my teenage daughter is that as long as you are honest with me, then you will not get in trouble. And I know that this can land, this can be a little bit triggering for people because our society has always taught us discipline. It has taught us my way or the highway. It has taught us, I'll give you something to cry about, right? Like this is what we all grew up hearing. And so to be able to take a step back and realize that that correction is not going to get us what we want. It's not going to get us the compliance that we want from our children. And what is going to get us that, them to do the things that we think are right, which the things that we think are right may or may not be right. They were right for us, maybe. Um, That doesn't mean that they're going to be right for our children. But if we can let go of this need to correct everything that our children do and really focus on this connection with them, really focus on allowing them to tell us how they feel to validate those feelings, right? When the kid comes home from school and says, I had a fight with my friend and we say, tell me more about that. That must have been really hard. And then to invite them to try out some ideas about how they want to solve their problems, right? And this can extend to like I drank too much last night with my friends and I, and I did this thing wrong. I lost my phone. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I said something awful, right? And we want to say, oh my gosh, this is, this is awful. You are grounded and this is what you're going to do to make up for it. And if instead we can resist that urge, then we can say to them, wow, what did that feel like? and what do you want to do about it next right mm-hmm. and if we can really even do this i do this with my my youngest daughter just turned 10 this week and i can do it with with her as well and you can even do it with younger children right you can invite them to try to think about what they want to do in the world. And it's often not going to be what we want them to do, right? And it's often not going to be what we think is the best solution. And frankly, it's often going to be not a good solution. But part of them figuring their way out in the world is trying out these not great solutions and saying, oh, that didn't work well. Let me try something else. And we, as we guide them on this on this journey to figure out what's right, that is the place where they start to Build their capacity to make decisions, to learn from mistakes. And that is where we all start to build this connection together in them seeing that what how we're willing to show up and support them and hear them and validate them and empathize with them.
0: I love that because it it speaks so true to something I saw when I was researching before our, our podcast episode, something that you shared on your website that you really want to help help create a path that honors. who who the parent is as a person and also who the child is as a person. And it just sounds like that really highlights that, that, that a child is really accumulating these experiences and learning and being empowered. Ideally, we facilitate an empowerment for our children to get to
1: know themselves and who they are. I really love that. Yeah, you know, we come to parenting with our own crap, you know, like maybe we were parented well, maybe we weren't, maybe there was some benign neglect in our parenting in the way that we were parented. And we bring all of this junk into our parenting And we have an idea about who we want our kids to be. And this is so complicated, right? Because it's wrapped up in how we want to be seen as parents. It's wrapped up in how we want our children to be seen in the world. And it's wrapped up in a lot of fear, right? Like I, when my kids were young, I was so afraid that I would get it wrong and that I would irrevocably ruin their lives, right? Like, And this could be their safety, their morals, it could be anything. And so we're trying so hard to get it right as parents that sometimes we lose sight of who our kid is, right? And what is actually going to support them in being healthy people out in the world. And it is a lot. It, it's a lot to to bring who we are as people and who our kids are as people and what society expects and everyone else's idea all together in a way that is loving and health, healthy and supportive and connected. And that really is the center of the work that I do, is is how can we look at all of this stuff together and find a path forward? I love that because also, I don't know, if you see this a lot with your clients, but
0: at least in my phase of parenting, I think there could also be almost information overload, especially with social media, right? I can get on Pinterest and look up, you know, activities, social, even for social and emotional development and mental well-being and all kinds of aspects. There's there's a lot of noise and it, it, it can be debilitating. So what kinds of, what advice do you recommend for kind of when there's, for those parents who may struggle with the noise of True. all the areas that they feel like they have to get just right cuz so i think that contributes a lot to that fear that you described
1: i think that you really hit the nail on the head there is that as we're trying to figure this out ourselves when our children are are first born even there's so much information coming That's at awesome. us and and we we have an idea when we start and then we read this article and we're like, oh my God, I wasn't doing that thing right. And then we read this other article. We're like, shoot, I I was doing a different thing. And we're trying to take this all in and we're we're overloaded and we lose sight of who we are and how we want to parent. I don't know if you've ever had the experience. I've had this experience of feeling great about my parenting, feeling great about my kids, having a great day. And then I talk to even a friend, a well-meaning friend who tells me something that she's doing in her home. And I'm like, oh my God, I messed that up. Everything is bad. I'm not a good parent and my kids aren't good kids, right? And that is just like one small example of someone who comes at me with love within my life. So when we see all of this on social media, which is of course, just someone else's highlight reels, it is so easy to get stuck in that fear of I'm not doing it right. When in fact, there is no universal right way. There is right for you and there is right for your child. And that is the only right way. And it can be so overwhelming, all that's coming into us. And it can be so easy to knock us off the course of where we really want to be. So one of the first things that I do when I work with new clients is let's talk about what you want parenting to look like. What do you want this relationship with your Mm -hmm. child like. And we start from that place, right? Like let's peel away all the other crap that we've taken in from society and from the world and from our parents and from our mother-in-laws and from our friends and from the people on social media. And let's get back to if nothing else mattered other than the relationship between you and your child, what do you want that to look like? And that's really the starting point of all of this
0: yeah I could see how really using that ability to imagine the life that you'd like and what that connection would look like would really help probably examine your own your own beliefs, your own thoughts, your own experiences and how they may make it a little bit make it a little more blurry, your dream a little less clear so yeah I, I love that being able to evaluate that question is so powerful if you take away everything else. What do you want your relationship to look like with your with your child i I think that's wonderful and do you ever talk about guilt or maintaining, especially when it comes to maintaining a healthy work-life balance while also caring for for our children, you know, outside of just caring for the everyday needs, but also their
1: emotional and mental well-being? Well, so part of the, you know, the coaching package, even when it is focused on parenting, who we are and how we feel as as parents who we are just human beings, right? Like we are just people. So that comes up in it. And I think that that is so important is that it can be really easy as a parent to lose yourself in parenting. Right. And I think that for a number of years that I lost myself in parenting and I forgot to take care of myself and I forgot Mm -hmm. about my interests and I let the needs of my children be the most important thing. And when that is the case, things like guilt and resentment come in really quickly, right? Because I'm resentful that I can no longer see my friends or or read a book or just that I'm so tired all the time. And then I feel guilty for having those feelings of resentment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a conversation about who you want to be as a parent and why you want to be that parent also has to incorporate a conversation about what do you need to be the best person you can be? There's this visual going around social media. I don't know if you've seen it where there's the glass of water with the dirt in it. And they're trying to like pick out all the dirt to get the water clean again. And then they just fill overflow the cup with water, with clean water. And eventually all the dirt just flows out of it. And you have that. It's it's such a powerful visual, but that's the thing. If you can, I mean, we've all heard the expression, uh, you can't pour from an empty cup, but if you can really fill yourself up to the point where your needs are being met, then you overflow into naturally and joyfully wanting to meet the needs of your children able to meet them and your kids know like we might not say to them I'm so tired from taking care of you guys all the time that I'm burnt out and feel crappy. We don't have to say that they can see it. Like obvious even if we don't think it's obvious. And so Taking care of ourselves in a way that nurtures our soul, in a way that feeds things that make us happy, in a way that we're rested, in a way that we're saying, what do I need to, is really critical to being able to show up as a connected and loving parent.
0: For all the listeners out there, that probably like it's hard that maybe that that struck some kind of nerve or cord in terms of, you know, it's hard to give ourselves permission so often, Right. nurture ourselves. So you heard it from a parenting expert, (laughs) Rachel, (laughs) like nurture yourself. I love that visual. I actually haven't seen it, but I love your description of it because it makes perfect sense. It really does. I think it can be really hard for us to give ourselves permission. And we were saying that I was thinking, even when it comes to communicating in order to connect with our child, so often our default is like this parenting, what we should say mode of communication rather than like a conversation as a person, what from one person to another. So I love that you're highlighting just your own path for who you are and I guess honoring and acknowledging your child along the way of who they are and just connecting and conversing and communicating You've given some really amazing examples of how we can communicate as a family with our children and I, I and even nonverbal communication, right? Like you said, like our kids, we don't need to say to our kids that we're exhausted from and burnt out from taking care of them for them to recognize that. I'm I'm curious if you have any suggestions, tips or tools. I'm sure you have plenty and might be heard for this this podcast and a lot of it individualized, but any tips? That you can that you can share in terms of how to communicate for that connection. I know you shared like saying, tell me more. I don't know if
1: you have any other suggestions, honestly, the most powerful things that we can do to communicate with our kids, the first one, I heard this recently, someone say it, and i I took it. It like hit me square in the face. Like when your kid comes to you, emotionally something right angry or sad or scared or something the the very first most important thing that we need to do as parents is emotionally regulate ourselves right and and what That can mean as a very first step is to get your face right. And I remember hearing this when my kids were really, really little and they would hurt themselves, right? And I had to remember that my face shouldn't show alarm because they are looking to me to know how they should feel. So our first step in this, in this connected um, communication is going to be to get your face right, right? Like get in a neutral place, a loving place, a place that shows, you know, care and then regulate your emotions, right? Like take some deep breaths. I heard there's a parenting coach that I love who says you can use the mantra. It's not forever. It's just for right now as a way of sort of calming yourself because we can so easily go to that place, right? Of like, oh my God, they're going to be failures as people, as adults, right? Yeah. Because of this, my five-year-old did. So that's our very first step is to get ourselves emotionally regulated. And then really a lot of what it comes down to is empathizing and letting them talk. So the saying is, that sucks. What do you want to do about it? Or that sounds hard. What do you want to do about it? Or, oh, wow, that must be frustrating. What do you want to do about it? And really that like what that does is, first of all, it makes you a safe container when you get yourself emotionally regulated. And then it allows you to empathize with them and validate their feelings. That sucks. That's hard, right? They just want to be heard. All of our children just want to know that they can be heard. And so we say, wow, that sounds frustrating. That sounds overwhelming. That sounds hard. That sounds crappy, right? That Just that one phrase validates their feelings feelings and what they're going through and helps them know that they're going to be okay. And then we open the invitation for them to be able to, to start to think about what they want to do going forward. So really, that those three steps are the most critical that we can do, right? Get your face and your emotions right. Validate their feelings. Just simple words like, wow, that sounds hard. Or wow, what was that like? Or wow, that's crappy thing to have to go through and then say, what do you think you want to do about this, right? And then it does, they might say, I don't know, mom, what do you think, right? And then we can engage in a conversation, but we invite them to ask us that rather than just like jumping right in to, let me tell you what you should do. First of all, I don't care about your feelings. First of all, I'm not giving you the space to express how you feel. I just want to fix this and fix you. And that's what our kids are hearing when we do that. So that would be my best advice to all the parents out there is to get your face right, validate their feelings with a very simple, that must be hard, and then ask them how they want to move forward. Give them the power, the autonomy. I feel like this advice is gold. Like I'm I'm going to be trying this. I'm going
0: to utilize this, make it nice and simple in three steps, but so effective just from my own training, my background. I, I originally worked a lot with children as a counselor and... I feel like you're summing so many effective strategies and forms of of be, just being present and being mindful and communicating and honoring all at once. And I love also that it's not just about the child and it's not just about the adult. It's it's both. I, I and and there's a lot of permission to continue to grow as a person and to nurture yourself as a parent. And not lose yourself. Because I think you described that earlier. I think it is very easy to lose yourself. Like even if you're working outside the home, it's easy. It's easy to lose yourself. So I, I really appreciate that. For all of those who are working on setting goals for wellness or actively working on reaching their wellness goals, what words of encouragement do you have for them?
1: Well, you can do it, right? Like We can do anything that we want with our life. We can change our lives in any way that we want to. It's just a matter of deciding that we want to do it and then finding the right support to help us do it, right? So if you have a goal, the most important thing that you can do is really root yourself in the why of that. Goal, right? Like, so whatever your goal is, that it's a parenting goal or a health goal or a professional goal or a personal goal, like any kind of goal, what you want to do as your sort of first step in moving towards that goal is understand why you want to reach that goal, right? Like, really root yourself in the why of it and understand how that goal will not only be a goal that you meet but will also spread out into the rest of your life. How will this make my relationships better? How will this make other aspects of my life better? Why is this important to me? Right? So once we've rooted in the what the goal is and the why it's important to us, then and only then can we start to move through the process of looking at what the steps are to meet that goal, looking at what the possible obstacles that we're going to run into as we move towards that goal and how preemptively, how can we overcome those obstacles, right? So when I was trying, one of my first goals in coaching was to stop yelling at my children, right? And so I once I rooted myself in the why of that and I really understood why I wanted to do it, I said, okay, what's going to come up That's going to derail me, right? And it was like things like I said, like my friends are going to say something else. I'm going to go, oh, no, my kids aren't good. And I'm going to yell at them or I'm going to be tired and I'm going to lose my patience with them. So if we can identify these obstacles in advance, then we can in advance find the solutions to these obstacles so that they are less likely to derail us. And then the final step is like sort of accountability. Who are you going to be accountable to? Because if it was easy to be accountable to ourselves, then we would all have accomplished every single goal that we've ever set. Right. But it's so easy to like hop off that treadmill of, of progress toward our goal. But if we have someone that we're working with, who can help hold us accountable and who can sort of when pitfalls come up, because in addition to like the obstacles, also our mind is going to start to mess with us, right? And they're going to say, mm-hmm. well, "Why are you to do that and you're not even good at that. And so someone who can sort of talk through all of these false narratives with us as well on the path to our goals, the, this is really the, the secret sauce to getting there.
0: Yeah, it's, oh my gosh, so helpful. I'm so appreciative for, for anyone listening and if, who wants to connect with you. What's the best way for them to reach out and, and touch base with you?
1: So they can find me on my website, rachelmartinscoaching.com. I also am on Instagram at rachelmartinscoaching. And those are the places that are best to find me. Okay, wonderful. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. I really appreciate everything. I'm sure
0: the listeners like me are feeling motivated and inspired as parents and on our wellness goals and feel that gratitude that you're part of their
1: wellness journey in this episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to all of your listeners. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.